You are listening to the Project Weight Loss Podcast, where your best life is just one project away. And now, your host and life coach, Fina Perez. Hello, everyone. Hope your day today is fantastic. So for this week's episode, I want to focus the podcast on the Maester Zig Ziglar and what I have taken from his teachings. And well, he was a runner. And so I will catch you up on my running later in the episode. I want to bring my kind of my take on the people that have influenced me in my life. And so I wanted to start with Zig. I know there's so many great teachers out there, so many. So it's not something that this one is better than that one. No, no, it's more along the lines of these are the people that have been the masters that have improved my quality of life. And it has all culminated into where I am today because I'm truly living my best life. And it's not about an exterior force. It's not about the outside. Although I do think that, you know, what we do on the outside is important. But for me right now, it's about what's going on on the inside. What's in my heart, in my mind, that's what it's about. And you know, it's a process. So the Maester Zig Ziglar, his full name was Hillary Hinton Ziglar, and he was known as Zig. He was born in 1926. He grew up during the Depression, and he talked about that. He was the youngest boy of 12 children, and I can associate with that because I'm the youngest of 12. He was a salesperson be- before he became a motivational speaker. And for me, one of my first jobs was as a salesperson selling encyclopedia sets. He married young at the age of 17 and was still married to his wife when he passed away in 2012. He used to refer to her in his stories as the redhead, stating that she liked to be referred to as a redhead. He was very proud of his family and his values. And I can definitely associate with that. He became interested in motivational speaking and moved into that career in 1970. And he was on CBS 60 Minutes, ABC's 2020, The Today Show, and many more shows like those. And you know, those shows at that time were a big deal. He wrote over 30 books, and many of his books became bestsellers. His first book was titled See You at the Top. And he tells the story of being turned away by all the publishers he submitted the book to. I think a total of 39 publishers. And he decided to bet on himself and publish his book himself. And this is where my story comes full circle with him. And is the reason I'm giving him the focus on this podcast. And I have to just say, I love Zig Ziglar. I remember listening to one of his tapes and I was blown away and I had to get more. And back then in the late 80s, early 90s, everything was in those little cassette tracks. It wasn't a DVD or a video, internet, forget all that. No, YouTube. Back then it was that you had to write in, mail in, order the cassettes. And I had about 10 or 12 cassettes and I would pop them in my car And I listened to them on my way to work. It wasn't too far off as listening to podcasts today. And they were really transformational in the sense of keeping me going, just keeping me going. And the stories he told, the things he said really resonated with me. And as I listened to him, I felt like I knew him. I got him. 
And he had a Texan accent and would joke about his accent. To me, he was the first true maester I was introduced to, just like I said. And I don't really remember how I was introduced to him. And the funny thing is that his he was teaching goals and many of his examples were about losing weight and his journey about losing his weight. And one of the things that really clicked with me that he said, and I have lived it, was to write your story. And he said, it doesn't matter whether you publish doesn't matter whether anyone reads it. And so when I thought about that, I'm like, hmm, wow, could I write my story? And this is the kicker. He said, and this is what you should call your book. What I think you ought to do to get the most out of life. And I thought about that and I'm like, but why would I want to tell somebody what I think they should do? They know what they can do. But I don't think that's what he was saying. I think what he was saying was the idea of telling your story of how you overcame your challenges and how you were better for it. And so I think that this idea of writing your story is such a great idea. But the twist in it, and I love me my zig, but I see it a little differently. I wanted to write my story, but write it from a place of this is what I did and this is what served me and I'm giving it to you. And so whether I get paid for it or I don't get paid for it, I ever publish it or I never publish it, none of that matters. I mean, it's great if it does, absolutely hurrah for me, right? But that that's not really the, the purpose. What matters is the process, the planning, the execution of writing it. And so I'm such a fan of what he said. So what did I do with this lesson? I had heard about writer's retreats in the past and I thought, hmm, I would love to go to a writer's retreat. And I thought that sounds so amazing to go on one. I would love it, get away, travel. And so I thought, you know, I have a resort so I can book a week and it won't be too crazy expensive other than the flights. And so I did just that. I told my family, the ones I thought could possibly go writing with me. And my loved ones, they wanted to go with me, but they were not necessarily on board with this writer retreat thing. And really, I didn't do a good job explaining it. So what happened was that my sister and my son ended up going to Cape Cod and Vermont with me on this writer's retreat that I planned. Our first stop was the Cape Cod area of Boston, and we had an agenda and we went through our brainstorming and started our writer's retreat there. And of course, on one of our days, we ended up going to have a sandwich in the restaurant named The Deli Sandwich in the city of Sandwich, Massachusetts. So fun. You can't make this stuff up. So good. Anyway, we had a lot of fun. We went through the that whole process of taking a look and assessing and creating an outline and doing all the things that we needed to do for the writer's retreat along with sharing our thoughts and feelings of our writing. And what came out of this was so special to me. The things that came out were the time I spent, the sharing of the thoughts with these people that I love so dearly was invaluable. The drive from Boston through New Hampshire to Vermont was amazing. And everything we did on our free time was perfect the fun and the love of hearing my boy, my sister. No money, no money could pay me for that. And you know, 
The second part is that my sister wrote her memoir as a dedication of her memories of my sister who passed away, my angel. And she was an angel to us. You know, her death devastated us, the grief. So during this writer's retreat, because of my inspiration from Zig, she was able to write her memoir and give that offering to my sister at her estate. So we went to my sister's house a year later, and my sister San gave her offering of the memoir and put it in Angel's bedroom. And I get a little emotional just thinking about it now, because this is what I'm talking about. This is the value in Zig. And so for me, the things that I learned, I will treasure. He is my friend. He's passed away since, but dang, what a maester. And my hope is to be able to do a writer's retreat with you sometime in the future around this thought of writing your story, writing what you want to teach and share with the world. And for me, I wrote my book during this retreat. It's titled Project Weight Loss and was the genesis of me starting my podcast. I haven't published it or pitched it to anyone really but I hope to do that in the future. I want to share my story of what I've learned with the world. And so I'm going to offer it and we'll see what happens. And, you know, it's given me so much courage to be able to come to you every week in spite of my imperfections and despite my not knowing how. And this came from me listening to Zig back in the early 90s. His story stayed with me, even if I didn't act upon them then. He was a master storyteller and a, really a true motivational coach. He talked about the importance of having a good mentor, and he had a definition of the qualities of a good mentor. I learned from him that a good mentor, a good role model of success, had eight qualities. They were happy, healthy, reasonably prosperous, secure. They have real friends, peace of mind good family relations, and they have hope for the future. And if you ask me, that sounds like some pretty important qualities. Sig would say, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help other people with what they want. He would sometimes say, helping people get theirs, of course, in a good way, right? The other thing I learned from Sig was about operant conditioning and how positive rewards can create a more effective change, how we're conditioned to be negative, and yet he advocated for positivity. He said that we were conditioned to not try, and this, of course, reminded me of the concept of the motivational triad, how we avoid pain, seek pleasure, and want to conserve energy. And his teachings, now that I look back, make so much sense. He would say that the greatest loss was the loss of our human resource by not using our potential, by not planning and not doing. And I think one of his primary ninja gifts was his ability to create motivation around goal setting through his storytelling. In his speeches, he would teach that failure is the line of least persistence. Success is when opportunity meets preparation. And I quote, I remember him saying that there were four reasons why people don't have goals. And I had to say, I looked it up because I remembered the first two, but I couldn't remember the last two. And he said that the four reasons were first, 
fear, which stood for false evidence appearing real. He said we use nature's resources by using them up, and we use man's natural resources by not using them at all. He also said that the second reason is that we sometimes don't have goals because of our poor self-image, that we perform according to the image we have in our minds. He said that the third reason is that we've never been sold on having goals. And last, that we don't know how. And of course, he had a solution. He proposed that to set goals, you have to first have a target. You have to write it down and spell out the details and why, the big why. Identify the obstacles, spell out what you need to know, identify people or groups that you need, and put a date on it. And specific to weight loss, he said to start out with a thorough examination from your doctor, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. He would say that having the plan directed the mind. And I learned from him that attaining our goals was never a lack of time, but a lack of direction and the use of our time. And what I loved is how he would say not to wait. He would say that he would hear the excuses. I will do it. But let's wait until the kids get out of school. Wait, no, let's wait until the football season is over because this was such a good year for our team. Then it would be, let's wait for the weather to get better. That's really difficult right now. Then it was, let's wait because the kids were back in school. And it would be so clear to me that what he was saying was there's always a reason, an excuse, but that we cannot wait for our lives to happen to us. We have to have purpose, meaning, direction, and then move from there to take action. And oh my goodness, he was such a treasure. And one of the things that I learned from him was this idea that anything worth doing is worth doing poorly until you can learn to do it well. And isn't that the case for us? I mean, I love this concept of bee work. And it's not because I'm beating up on myself. The contrary, it's because I'm allowing myself to be human and to get better, to grow, to reinvent myself. And boy, you know, it doesn't get better than that. We have to fail. We have to get it wrong so we can get it right. And I love that. You know, he recounted his weight loss journey and how he set out to lose the extra weight he had. And from my understanding, from seeing pictures, I saw that he sustained his weight loss. You know, he put a time frame on it. He lost about a pound. I think it was 1.2 pounds per week. And he was consistent and he just got it done. He ate a healthy whole foods diet most of the time and would have what I call a joy eat once a week. He shared how he would go to the ice cream parlor and wait in line for the best ice cream scooper. That was helping people to make sure he got a healthy helping. And he recounted many stories on how he had a list of all the foods he could eat, keeping to his idea of positivity. And he shared that he started a running regimen. And for us, that exercise, whether it's running or walking or swimming or what have you, Whatever that is should start once your food is automatic. Or if you already have a habit that's automatic with your exercise and it's a routine, then that's okay, of course. In any case, he would say that he decided to go running and that his opportunity clock would ring and that negative people called them alarm clocks and he would go on his runs. 
He recounted his running, saying he would share with everyone how he hated it, that even though he did it, it didn't mean he had to love it. And he said he would tell everyone his pity party of how you have to pay the price. And he said, what a bunch of baloney that was. And I remember clearly, and I love this part of the story that he would tell where he said how he was running in Portland, Oregon, and he would never forget it. He was at the campus of Oregon State, and he was running and looking around, noticing everything and everyone around him, the students, the beautiful spring scenery. And for the first time, it dawned on him that he was not paying the price. It dawned on him that he was having the time of his life and enjoying every minute of it at age 50. He was stronger at age 50 than a quarter of a century earlier in his life. He said, you don't pay the price for good health. You enjoy thoroughly the price. You pay the price for poor health. And this brought me right back to my run this week. (laughs) Stay with me. I ran a 20K, which is a little less than a half marathon. And I thought, dang, V, you did a 20K this week. And then I laughed and I remembered my friend Gemma and how she could run for 30 miles. And well, (laughs) it was kind of funny to me because it reminded me of Zig too, because he would talk about his running and how proud he was. But he would say that there was always someone that did more than him. And I laughed because I agree. In any case, I want you to walk with me this week or really run with me, so to speak. Just imagine I'm running on the Monarch Bay Trail area. On the left, there's a golf course and on the right, a rock wall and then the bay. The bay connects to San Francisco, San Mateo and all the adjoining cities. I see the bushes on the right side that line the path, the rocks, the water. The day is gray. But sometimes you can see the bridges and there's a beautiful mural of whales along the run on the left-hand side. It's absolutely gorgeous. I feel the beating of the running on my feet, my coach talking through my pods, my music lowering when my coach talks, and I love my music. I can see the birds flying up above and the ground squirrels. And this week, there was a group of about 20 bird watchers with their cameras I ran past them and admire their love of birds and nature. And I tell you all this because this is part of my running journey. And because Sig was right, we don't pay the price for good health. We pay the price for poor health. And like him, I'm living my best life in my 50s. I'm enjoying the benefits of good health. And for us, this is perfect on our Project Weight Loss journey. You see... Sig Ziglar taught that if you do all the things I talked about in this podcast and more, and he had so much more that I did not share with you today, but he would say that if you did all those things, then he would see you at the top. And boy, was he right. And so I say to you now, I'll see you at the top. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Hey. Thanks for listening. If you're ready to achieve your weight loss goal and grow into your most authentic and amazing self along the way, check out our website at projectweightloss.org. See you there.